Hello again to all of our loyal listeners of the most interesting discussion in sports, or MIDS, as we like to refer to you. I'm Clay Hamlin, your host, and I'm really excited about our topic today. I'm excited about our topics every day, but especially this one. I would like to first say thank you to all of the fans of the show for pushing us over the 1 million weekly listeners count, putting us ahead of Ben Simmons and Dan Levitard among the top sports podcasts. Joe Rogan, you're next. (laughs) Let me set the stage for our topic today by reviewing the calendar. The NFL league year starts 4 p.m. Eastern on March 17th. We've already seen lots of movement at the quarterback position, but things will really ramp up at the start of the league year when teams try to sign the top free agents. The NBA trade deadline is set for March 15th, Any team looking to make a postseason run will, of course, be looking to find that missing piece that could be the difference between a first-round exit or making it to the finals. There's the MLB regular season, which starts April 1. And, of course, teams in spring training are trying to figure out rosters and what holes they need to fill. And then there is, of course, the start of the real golf season, which, as everyone knows, begins with the Masters in early April. As a sports fan, this time of year is tough to beat, but this time of year also has its drawbacks. With the amazing success of this podcast, thanks to you, the listener, I'm looking at a day in April with absolute dread. You guessed it, April 15th, tax day. Now, for me as an individual, I'm all about maximizing after-tax income. I work with my CPA to find all the deductions I can. The more money I've made, the more I've started investing in municipal bonds to generate some interest income that won't be taxed. You say, that's great, and you're happy for me. Get back to the sports, and we will. But with all the movement of players and teams signing players in the next few weeks, this is the perfect time to think about the business side of sports and think about the ever-present third party in these player transactions. I'm, of course, speaking of the government, and in particular, state government. If I'm one of these players thinking about my next team, I'm thinking about where I can win a championship, sure. But I'm also thinking about how do I maximize my after-tax income? What are the implications to me from a tax perspective of where I decide to sign and play on my next big contract? There are major dollars on the line here. To help us think about this, let me welcome in our esteemed guests. Happy to have a tax expert who has studied the implications of tax policy in sports for decades, Matt Malamud. Matt, welcome to the show. We're also happy to be joined by one of the premier sports agents who will be working multiple cell phones in the coming weeks on behalf of her clients, Lauren Cave. Lauren, thanks for carving out some time for us. Let's get this started. Matt, let me start with you. What are state income taxes and why do they matter to professional athletes? Well, well, thanks, Clay, and congrats on achieving the million listener per week milestone. I've been a loyal member of the MIDS since you started podcasting. Uh, Now, to state income tax is a tax on income earned in the state. Note that I just said income earned in the state. Let me stress that again, income earned in the state. Many people live and work in the same state, 
So this is no impact. Plus, if you aren't making millions per year, along with having the location of your work being done in front of large crowds and broadcast on TV and in the newspapers, states likely don't care if you earn some income in a different state for a small amount of time. Some states even have reciprocity agreements with neighboring states. Say you worked in Pennsylvania, but lived in any of the six neighboring states, such as Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia, or West Virginia. As long as you pay your state income tax in that neighboring state, you don't also have to pay them in Pennsylvania, where you work. State income tax rates vary tremendously from state to state. They can range from 0% to as high as 13.3%. Yes, 0%, because nine states have no state income tax. Alaska, Florida, Nevada, New Hampshire, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Washington State, and Wyoming. It can be as high as double digits in states such as California, Hawaii, and New Jersey. Matt, that's helpful background. So let's cut to the chase. Players first have to think about the state in which they will be playing games as the home team. Essentially, they will have most of their earnings in that home state. So if I'm evaluating offers, I'm thinking about taxation in the state where I play my home games. Are you also telling me that there are implications for where I play my road games? If I'm a highly sought after player, I could be looking at game checks for a single game in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Where did this taxation of road games in other states start and why does it continue? Uh, You are correct, Clay. Location of road games matters too. Uh, States have always had the ability to tax income for visiting players for income earned in the state. There is that phrase again, but did not pursue visiting players. That all changed in the summer of 1991. The Los Angeles Lakers, coming off five NBA championships in the 1980s, lost to the Chicago Bulls, led by Michael Jordan, four games to one in what would become the Bulls' first of six NBA championships in the 1990s. During that series, three of the Bulls' four wins came on the road in Los Angeles, signaling that the Lakers' reign of dominating the NBA was coming to an end. Shortly after the series, the state of California notified Michael Jordan and his Chicago Bulls teammates that they were planning to collect state income tax for, here's that phrase again, income earned in the state of California for games three, four, and five. Illinois then passed a bill known as Michael Jordan's Revenge, which imposed a state income tax for income earned in the state on professional athletes for teams that play in states that impose a state income tax for income earned in the state on professional athletes from Illinois. A classic, we won't do it to you if you don't do it to us, but if you do it to us, then we'll do it back to you. That, that's incredible, Matt. I remember watching that Lakers-Bulls series in 91 as a kid and had no idea that the Bulls win that year would have such dramatic implications in the sports world other than kicking off one of the greatest dynasties in sports. Unbelievable. So, Lauren, let me move to you. Give us the lay of the land in the sports world and where do things currently stand? Sure, Clay. Thanks for having me on your podcast today. You're totally right. 
many of my clients are starting to consider the impact of state taxes on their take-home pay. I represent clients with large and small contracts. Some of them even make the league minimum. My clients rely a lot on what advisors and experts like Matt suggest. Some sports have short career durations where players have five to 10 years at most to make all the money they need for a lifetime. Playing in a state with a tax rate north of 10% versus 0% can really have an impact for these clients. When I'm reviewing deals for my clients, we're definitely taking in all the financial consequences into consideration. Like Matt said, state income tax varies. And when my clients have an opportunity to play for teams in states like Florida, Texas, Tennessee, or Nevada, they jump at the chance. I've even had clients take less money to play for a team in a state that has lower state income tax. It really just depends on the client and their financial position. You know, I've been an agent for about eight years now, and I really see the annual salaries for players are increasing. Everybody wants that big contract, but some of the clients aren't always aware of the tax implications that come along with it. To give you some perspective, NBA players right now are averaging over $8 million per year. MLB players, $4 million a year. And NHL, they're averaging north of $2.5 million. Most of the states determine the amount of tax that's owed by duty days or the games played method. This can result in a large tax bill at the end of the year for some of the states with a higher tax rate. For example, my MLB clients, they play 81 games a year on the road. It's not unusual for them to have to file 10 to 15 non-resident tax returns for the states they play games in. Clients in the American League have it a little easier because they can play games without paying state income tax in places like Tampa Bay, Houston, Dallas, Seattle, and Washington, D.C. NHL players, they have an even more complicated setup because they play games in Canada, too. Lauren, the numbers are staggering. It's making people like you big bucks as well. You've entered the upper echelon of sports agents for getting great deals for your clients, and you're one of the best. You're having to counsel players on life-changing decisions. How are you helping your athletes maximize after-tax income, and what can athletes do about it? Great question. The most common method that I see used for my clients is something that we call tax shifting. We generally encourage our clients to reside in a state with low or no income tax. Living there also tends to help them out with off-the-field revenue streams like endorsement contracts and other sources of income that they may have. The firm that I work for has in-house advisors just like Matt. They help us make the calculations so that the client can make the best decision both professionally and financially. When it's laid out side by side, most of my clients pick the team where they would make more money net of taxes. State taxes can definitely impact what team a client chooses to play for. When the client is paying less or no state income tax, that money goes straight to their pocket. My job is to get them the most amount of money. So anytime there's an opportunity to sign a new contract that puts them in a lower state income tax bracket, I strongly encourage them to play for that team. So let's just think about some of the implications here. I've got some questions to ponder with you two. Question one, how happy were the Las Vegas Raiders to stop paying California state income tax and get to pay no state income tax upon arrival from Oakland to Las Vegas, Nevada. I mean, if Vegas weren't already enough of a draw, throw in the tax savings and it's an absolute no-brainer. 
Completely agree. And it's not just the Raiders who benefit. Aren't there three other teams in the AFC West? They benefit too when they get to play a road game with the Raiders in Las Vegas. Very true, Lauren. Hadn't even thought about that. All right, next question. Think about this. Though LeBron is LeBron James is still maintaining his basketball skills at a high level, did his ability to make good tax decisions peak too early? Let's look at this. From 2000 in 2010, he was in Cleveland and he paid 4.8% in 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 Ohio state income tax. When he moved to Florida to play for the Miami Heat, he was paying 0%. In 2014, he moved from Miami back to Cleveland, going the other direction from 0 to 4.8%. And then get this, 2018, he went from Cleveland, Ohio, 4.8% to 13.3% in Los Angeles, California. At least he got to play part of the 2020 season in the bubble in Orlando in Florida. The Lakers stayed so long, he may have been able to claim residency in the state of Florida for that year. Uh, that, that's an interesting point, Matt. I hadn't even thought about that. And I wonder if that bubble experience when he sees his tax return this year will make him reevaluate that contract extension in L.A. Okay, final question. Think about this. Which was Tom Brady's favorite Super Bowl win? His first Super Bowl win as a Patriot in 2002 was in New Orleans. Was that his favorite? His most recent Super Bowl win as a Buccaneer in 2021 in Tampa, Florida. Could it be the comeback against the Falcons in 2017 in Houston? Is it the next one? I know my personal favorite was the comeback against the Falcons. But given he has seven titles, Does he just pick the one with the most after-tax income? What do you think, Matt? Well, I mean, four of his wins came in Texas and Florida, both states with no state income tax. So from my perspective, I'd say any of those four should be his favorite. Of course, the tax expert would pick one of those four. And those would be game checks for Super Bowls, which are pretty sizable, and no state income tax would be pulled out of them. Well said, Matt. Lauren, Matt, fantastic conversation. Really appreciate your time today. So this concludes another podcast for the most interesting discussion in sports. You probably never thought the location of games mattered to athletes after tax pay. We'll we'll see all of you mids next week when we discuss the topic of why the Auburn Tigers are poised for a successful 2021 football season under new coach Brian Arson. And for good measure, We'll maybe even throw in a discussion on the after-tax income differences between Idaho and Alabama. See you next time.